was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Hustling World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me remotely actually today is my co-pilot, <laughs> Lil Baron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil wow. Baron. Hey, to, today, today's kind of a cool show. We're doing things just a little bit differently this time around. Oh, yes. Lil Lil and I are actually both in Jeonju, South Korea, and uh, we've both logged in remotely so we can uh, keep this tradition going. And we're actually here on assignment at the Asian Pacific Masters Games. We are here spreading oh, the good yeah. word about the Cosmic World Senior Games. Yes, we are. It's been fun. And we have had some fun. We have had some spicy food already. <laughs> yes, we, we, <laughs> we got some booth space and we're here recruiting and inviting athletes to come and compete in October in St. George, Utah, the Hustle World Senior Games. Just for people who may not know, the Asian Pacific Masters Games is a, it's actually a regional event that is part of the World Masters Games. And we've partnered with them and some of our athletes will remember mm -hmm. meeting Johan at uh, mm -hmm. our games last year with some of his team members. But we've partnered with the World Masters Games in the past. We, In fact, we took a friendship tour to Torino, Italy in 2013. And then we took another friendship tour to Auckland, New Zealand in 2017. Both of these were events of the World Masters Games. And then in addition to that, we were Pan American Games in Vancouver, Canada. And we even tried to partner with the World Masters Games in Tokyo. But that was scheduled for 2020. And COVID <laughs> had something to say about that. Uh, yes. So I think those games have actually been pushed back to 2027. But uh, regardless, we've had a great relationship in working with the World Masters yeah. Games and with their partners and their organizing committees all around the world. And today we're just strengthening that relationship. And we're all working together to help people live their very best lives. But our goal here, Lil, is to bring as many athletes as we can back with us, not necessarily in our suitcases <laughs> when we leave here in a few days but we want to invite them to eat with us in october at the games and really that's one of the great benefits for all of our athletes when they come to the husband world senior games we know mm -hmm. that for the most part athletes can stay home and play their sports they can go down to their local ymca yeah. and they can swim some laps they can wake up early and they pick up basketball at their church houses we know right. Lil, that pickleball courts are popping up all around the nation and even all around the right. world and people have access there. Uh, but generally, you don't get to have an international experience when you play at home. And so yeah. we work hard to provide that here at the Husband World Senior Games. Just last year, we welcomed athletes from 34 different countries. And that yeah. includes Brazil, Israel, Barbados, Canada, Guyana, Iceland, and many, many other countries. In fact, you can see a list of all 88 countries, nations, and territories that have all competed at the games right on our website, seniorgames.net. You can look underneath the uh, worldwide participation link and see that link there. And then you can also find schedules, rules, and all the information you need to know to compete at the games right there on our website. Once again, that is seniorgames.net. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But for the time being, our guest today, Lil. Yes. 
We are so excited to welcome Denise Drews, who has been inspiring people to live healthier, happier lives for over four decades. Wow. Our students refer to her as the elevator. And I love this because they say when you're around <laughs> her, you're going up. And oh, uh, she is a TEDx. Great. Yeah, I love it. She's a TEDx Salt Lake yeah. City speaker and is a co-founder of the nonprofit Yoga Forward. And their That's mission good. is to take yoga where it isn't. She makes mm-hmm. yoga available in prisons, shelters, schools, and shopping malls. Her greatest life lessons come came with her journey with breast cancer. And then mm-hmm. in 2020, as uh, so many of us did, she did a little bit of a pivot with her business. She is now teaching online. She currently fills her days training yoga teachers and teaching classes virtually to a worldwide audience. Denise has a master's degree in public health and is a married mother of three boys. And Denise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kyle and Lil. It's great to be here and chat with you. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to this visit. Now, in full disclosure, I'm just going to say this. (laughs) I was waiting for this. (laughs) (laughs) I have have struggled with yoga, Denise. I have struggled with it. I am one of the most inflexible people that uh, you'll ever meet. Um, But that being said, I've actually practiced a little bit of yoga. I've I've found some YouTube videos and I found a guy uh, who does uh, a little bit of a scaled back version for me. And I'm really working and trying to be more flexible, but man, I struggle with it. So maybe you can, maybe you can sell me a little bit better on uh, on yoga. And I know we definitely want to talk about some of the great benefits of practicing yoga. So let me yeah. just start with that, Denise. You, you, you cover a wide variety of different topics and different uh, techniques and strategies in your fitness classes. Um, but it seems like yoga is one that you've really focused on. So just give it, sell us on yoga. What's, what's so great about yoga and why should we be considering it in our health and wellness journey? Okay, well, I'm going to start by, um, I'm going to shake my finger at you a little bit, Kyle. And I'm going to say that. <laughs> If you ever say to a yoga teacher, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible enough, you're going to get a little bit of a lecture because that's why <laughs> you would come to yoga is to <laughs> is to work on things like flexibility, core strength, balance, peace of mind. Um, even, you know, folks come to me because they yoga helps them sleep better. It helps them be more present um, minded when they're hanging out with their kids or grandkids. Um, it's more of a nervous system activity to me, even than a physical activity. So um, I think there's this idea that to do yoga well, you have to be thin and bendy. And, you know, maybe that's a component of it that you see on Instagram, but really like I aspire to bring yoga to all bodies because you just feel better after you move your body and breathe and slow down a little bit. And I, and I will, gladly accept your finger wagging. Um, I recognize recognize there is great value in uh, the practice and certainly great value in flexibility. And you're definitely right. It's a cart before the horse type thing. You you can't expect to be flexible unless you work at it and try to um, try to be flexible. Yeah. It's uh, like saying to a personal trainer, I'll come and see you when I get in shape. Right. Or (laughs) you're telling your maid, don't come over and clean the house until I clean the house first, right? 
<laughs> yes. Yes. It's just like that. So yeah, there are just so many benefits. And you know, one of the audience, well, two of the audiences that are really growing right now for yoga are men and aging, aging folks that want to age with more mobility, with more range of motion. We use the term motion is lotion. So for folks that struggle with arthritis and joint stiffness, movement is the key. And so we are seeing larger numbers of um, of those two demographics in our classes these days. Yeah, that's great. And like I said, Denise, I have done a little bit of yoga. I, I, I don't consider myself a yogi by any chance, but I'll tell you what motivated me is one day I was just backing my truck out of my driveway and I realized, my word, I can barely turn my neck around to see behind me. And I did not like feeling that way. So I thought I've got to do something. And as I said, I've tried a little bit uh, to be a little bit consistent with um, some online videos. And I, I have to admit, um, it's difficult for me and it's painful for me in, in some of the uh, cases because I'm trying to push myself a little bit, but I definitely can see some benefits. I can definitely turn around a little bit better. I've got a ways to go, but I can see some benefits. Well, can I offer you one little trick, maybe moving forward, you and all of the Please. listeners? Because Please. I have a student who I teach virtual classes twice a week, and I have a student who has now recruited her husband to do yoga with her. And he's a cyclist. He's uh, approaching 70, and he says the same thing. I'm just so stiff. Those poses are so hard for me. And so I offered him this. So I know we don't have a visual, but if you just open up one of your hands flat and you use your other hand to kind of press your pinky finger down. So your palm is up and you're kind of stretching the inside of your pinky finger. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So if you pull really hard and put a lot of effort, it hurts right where your finger touches your palm, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And also into my wrist. Yeah. So that can be like, that can be painful. And that's how a lot of people approach yoga. So shake out your hand and then hold your palm up again, and then just barely touch your finger and like nothing happens, right? That's too soft. That's not enough. What we mm -hmm. want is if you press on that finger to the point where it doesn't hurt at the knuckle, but you feel a stretch from the tip of your finger clear up to your wrist and it should feel good, not bad. And if you can find that in yoga, it's called stirasuka, which means steady and sweet at the same time. Um, that's how you want to be in every single posture. So if you try a downward facing dog and it just hurts or doesn't feel good, you've crossed a hard edge. And so we encourage our students to just back up 5% to where it feels like a stretch, but it's a good stretch. It feels good. And then people keep coming back. <laughs> okay. So steady and huh. sweet. Mm -hmm. yes, I, have sweet. Been, I have been steady and agonistic or miserable. <laughs> yep. That's and how I can attest to that. <laughs> Less no, is more. That's, that's, Less is that's more. Awesome. I, I really appreciate that, uh, that concept <laughs> there. And, you know, I mean, we, we tease and we laugh and honestly, like I still cannot uh, bend over and touch my toes. Like many people can, uh, I'm working on it. But again, I, I've definitely seen benefits and, and not only in the flexibility area, but um, as much as I do find it uh, a bit of a struggle while I'm in the midst of the practice, 
I never finish a practice saying, oh my gosh, I totally regret the time that I spent doing that. I'm, I'm always glad that I did it. It's a little bit hard for me to right. get into it. It's a little bit hard while I'm there, but maybe this steady and sweet will help with that. But by the end of it, I'm definitely glad that I made it and I feel better and I can start my day off. So there is some benefits well, there, there, no question about it. There you go. And you can be like my friend, Sam, who's 83, who said he comes to yoga every week and says, I can't touch my toes. And I just say, Sam, bend your knees and you can touch your toes. And he's like, all right, really? I'm touching my toes now. Okay. So it's just a shift of perspective. It's not about performance. It's not about looking good in the pose. It's, you know, what is flexibility really? It flexibility is teaching our muscles to relax. It's teaching our muscles to stop their chronic holding. And if you've been an athlete, if you're a runner, a cyclist, you're, you guys are obviously athletes, your muscles know how to contract and they probably don't know how to relax. And so yeah. even more than stretching and lengthening and trying to reach some goal, if you can just spend an hour a week, even if I could get you to do one practice a week where you reset and you just let your muscles not have to contract. I feel like that's a win. I love it. I I, yeah. I agree. And uh, like I said, I, I've been trying to do it. I've been trying to do it once a week. I, I don't get it in every single week. I do get a workout in. I don't always get my yoga in, but I never regret it. I, I want to talk a little bit about this concept of bringing yoga where it isn't. Now, you've, you've alluded already to the fact that you're working with the senior population, which is awesome. It's so amazing. We do that. We love that. But you're also yeah. working with underserved and, and in some cases underprivileged uh, communities. Um, talk a little bit about how you got into that and maybe some of the effects that you have seen in some of these uh, underserved communities. Okay. Um, I just came from the Utah State Prison where I taught two classes to incarcerated women. Just literally today, I had a class at noon and at one. Um, so I'm fresh off um, my time out there with the girls. Um, I got into this because I have a, a mentor who, once I started teaching yoga, she said, if you really want to know where to serve in the world, go to the places in your life where you have experienced pain. And chances are pretty good. That's where you are being called back into service. And, um, you know, I had a lot of pushback because my places of pain were an alcoholic father who was incarcerated for 15 years. And mm -hmm. that is the last place I wanted to go back to because that was such a horrible time of my life. And I, I have nothing but bad memories of going there to visit him. And, um, so when he passed, I just, I did a lot of my, you know, my inner work and I, I kept thinking of her voice. And so I just, I just reached out to the Utah state prison and they said, yes, we'd love to have some yoga here and, um, went in, taught a class. It was just life changing because I feel like I can see those people through different eyes. I see them as someone's mother, someone's father, someone's brother or partner or friend or uncle. You know, I don't see them as someone who, you know, is bad or wrong. I just see them as somebody that made a mistake and, and they are worthy of being seen, you know? So mm -hmm. that's how it started. Uh, then we, I formed a nonprofit because we started getting so much demand for classes in the, not only the prison, but also youth in corrections, the county jail, um, were called down to Gunnison prison, um, 
I, I had a lot of volunteers working with me and we just formed a nonprofit around that. And it's called Yoga Forward. And, and that's our work. Um, it's mostly with right now, that's our biggest chunk, but we also have programs uh, where we're working in junior highs to help teachers and kids find more calm and settledness in themselves. Um, we've done some programs for our BIPOC community, for our LGBTQ community. Um, we do some work with in the homeless shelters. So we are really just taking yoga where it isn't. That's amazing. What a that what is. an incredible mission and what an incredible way to be of service. Frankly, uh, Denise, in a way that a lot of people would maybe be unwilling or nervous about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get asked that all the time. Are you are you scared? And I think that is what happens when you go back to your own wounds. Um, I, I never have felt we're teaching in the men's prison now, as well as the women's prison. And I've never for one minute felt unsafe. And of course, we're, we always have officers, you know, and it, it feels like right. a lot of safety protocol. But um, when people earn their right to get into these classes like yoga and fitness, it's because they've had good behavior and they mm-hmm. want to do something with their lives. They want to improve themselves. And so I'm always in this room of people that are super grateful and they're not going to do anything to mess up their privileges. So right, I, it, it never feels scary. It always feels very fulfilling and rewarding. Kyle, so I love this. Some, that is yeah, awesome. isn't that amazing? Yeah. Talk just a little bit about that rewarding aspect. You've probably had an opportunity to see people's lives, demeanors, um, attitudes change. Um, mm-hmm. without getting into maybe specifics of people's names or anything, but can you think of an example of where that has really happened and you've been able to see that manifest? Uh, I, I, yes. If you'll um, indulge me in a small example and a big example, a small example just happened today. This young woman came up to me after class and she was in tears and she said, I have lived with chronic pain in my body since I was in an accident as a child. And part of her being incarcerated is addiction to pain meds and what that led to. Um, But since she's been practicing yoga, her pain has all been in her lower back and sciatica and severe nerve pain. Um, She claims that since she's been doing yoga, that she has been pain-free now for about six months, that she sleeps better at night and she gets up and she just doesn't have that nerve pain anymore. And she's just in tears. Like I've had so many doctors and specialists tell me like, you know, well, this is unfixable and her practice has helped her build strength and flexibility and better posture and a better outlook. I think, you know, the psychology is yeah. so, so I hear things like that all the time. Um, but a big, beautiful story is um, one of the women in our women's program is serving a life sentence. And you can hear me tell the full story. I have a little TED talk that you can look up. Um, but she, when I met her, she was and still does claim innocence that she's wrongfully convicted. And there was an error about her that was um, kind of the victim mentality. And um, she was she was working in the gym at the time. She had a great job in the gym, but just she had a story, right? That I'm, yeah, you yeah. know, probably a little right? bitter. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so through her practice, I have just seen her change and take on this idea, this belief that she's now there for a purpose. 
And I think she still believes that she'll get out. I think she'll still continue to fight her conviction. But while she's there, she sees herself as a role model for these young women that are coming, kind of the revolving door that are in and out of there in short sentences. And they meet her and she's an elevator. She's absolutely an elevator in there. She has seen herself just rise up. And I don't know what the future holds, but today here's where I am. These four walls hold me. What can I do to make this place better for the people around me? And she is in service, man. She'll see an officer that has a shoulder injury and she'll say, let me show you a few stretches that is going to make your life a little bit easier. Um, She's just in service day and night to the people around her and her whole demeanor has changed. It's amazing. That is amazing. And how how satisfying and gratifying for you to know um, that you played a small part in that. Now, obviously she, she has her own, um, path and her own journey and her own accountability, but uh, to be able to have an influence like that has got to make you feel like, hey, I'm on the right track and let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. We have a joke out there because, you know, the, the old saying about dope dealers. And I just said, you know what, you guys, I'm a hope dealer. <laughs> I'm coming here and be a hope dealer. <laughs> and it's true. Like, you know, when if I can leave that room, that gymnasium with everything gray and white, if I can leave those folks with just a little seed of hope that tomorrow might be a little brighter than today, then I've done my job and the world's a little bit better place, you know? Absolutely. Well, that's inspiring. I've got goosebumps right now. That's, that's so, <laughs> so cool. Um, Denise, we've got a minute and a half left. Um, what, what's the biggest message that you can share with our listeners right now? Mm, okay, let's see. Minute and a half. Well, um, <laughs> an object in motion stays in motion. So stay in motion. The hardest thing is to get moving. And so, um, you know, in what I don't care if you have a yoga mat under you or a bicycle or a pair of tennis shoes in a road, just keep moving. And I'm turning 60 in two weeks. And I think I feel better than I did when I was 30. <laughs> um, yeah. because I'm, just, I'm committed to keeping this machine on the road as long as I can. Um, I would also say maybe take the advice of my mentor. And, and as we age, I think service to our communities gets more and more important. So maybe go back to places in your life where you have been injured, whether physically or emotionally, and look for ways to go back into that community and serve. And it's it's just the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. Two, two such important messages there yeah. uh, in, in every way. And they just so perfectly align with what we do at the World Senior Games. Obviously, we yeah. love that concept. Motion is lotion. And you got to keep moving if you want to move uh, perpetually. You got to get started. Like all those things are great. And I love this concept of your volunteerism as well. You know, I, I read a study just last week, actually, uh, where they surveyed a number of uh, seniors and just, you know, how is life and how are you approaching it and what are, you, what are your attitudes? And generally speaking, seniors in America, which is where this uh, survey took place, were generally pretty happy with their life. There were obviously outliers, but for the most part, they were happy. But then they added a volunteer component into their questioning and into their lives. And those who volunteered were astronomically happier and better off and add more wellness in their life. And so it, it's kind of that uh, interesting little irony. We 
we go into service to try to help other people. And of course, we just end up helping ourselves. And you've obviously yep. been a, a beneficiary of that on both sides. So Denise, thank you for your work. And thank yes, you so much for joining you. us today. And, and all the best as you keep forward with your mission. That's wonderful. Thank yes. you so much. Thanks for taking time to chat. It's uh, you, You're doing great work in the world. And it's just fun to be a little part of this. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so you. much. Have a wonderful afternoon. Yeah. Lil, that's inspiring. It is inspiring. I, I got those that goosebumps too. It, yeah, was. it was. Awesome. So, so, so I much good it. in the world if we look for it and yeah. we can be a part of it. Hey, just a Absolutely. couple of quick things to wrap us up here. Uh, just, just a reminder, don't forget that it is time to register for the Huntsman World Senior mm-hmm. Games. And everything you need to know to do that is going to be found at SeniorGames.net. Also, you don't want to miss next week's show where we will speak with Barb Broad, who is a 72-year-old master's runner and cancer survivor who started running at the age of 40 and has won her age group in the Boston Marathon four times, which is amazing. So check that out. Don't miss that next week. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Husband World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can subscribe anywhere where podcasts are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating or write a quick review. That really helps us spread the word. And then you can find this as well as previous shows once again on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational comes from American entrepreneur and motivational speaker. Uh, He says, it's never too late to be who you might have been. And uh, all of that. So take care of your body. It's the only place where you have to live. And until next Thursday, stay active.